0: What is good, everybody? I'm here. This is the Junkyard Podcast. I'm your host, Junkyard James. And it's been quite a while since I've done an episode here, so I just thought, let's go live. Typically, Thursdays are reserved for the Colin Audible's podcast, but we ended early. I don't know if you just tuned in or not, but we ended a little bit earlier than normal. So I thought, let's just hop on here and continue going live while I'm here. And let's talk about some things, some of um, things that I've been thinking about um, internally here um, within the pro wrestling world. We'll talk a little AEW, we'll talk a little WWE and NXT, just a little bit of everything here and Let's get going, and then I think I'm going to introduce to you a, a thing that I'm going to spe- start doing here on this podcast, trying to spruce up some content and uh, uh, and see what we can do um, on this show to get more regular content out to you guys. But without, without further ado, let's just get jumping in to the junkyard. And before we get going, um, I just want to go ahead and mention chat along with me while I'm live here. I'm I'm live on Facebook, I'm live on YouTube. Um, I'd like to answer some some uh, read some of these chats, answer some questions y'all have about pro wrestling while we're going through here, and just want this to be an interactive thing as well. I I also post these live streams on the audio feed usually a day or two after so you can find it on spotify and on um apple podcast um a couple days after i go live so let's just get going in here just join the conversation like and subscribe to the youtube channel junkyard media group subscribe to the apple podcast form or the spotify form of the show and let's just get jumping in. I, I want to start talking um by talking about the debut of AEW Collision and why and then more broadly talk about why I think AEW is in the good graces of Warner Brother Discovery. So let's go. So uh, let's get going in here. Um, AEW collision, Saturday night collision. From a a broadcast, from a production standpoint, I thought it was absolutely um, almost flawless. There was a a little bit at the beginning there where I thought the audio of either the arena was too loud or the commentators, Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGinnis, was too quiet and couldn't really hear the commentators for the first few minutes. Um, And then... I can't remember who it was exactly, uh, but I read a tweet uh, Sunday or Monday that stated that Collision looked like a show that Tony Khan had no hands-on booking decisions. The the it was more crisp and clean, bigger, more uh, physically imposing wrestlers on the show, and it it whereas Dynamite typically is very chaotic and fast and sporadic. Um this looked well well timed, well planned, and, and I and I tend to agree. And I think that's that's good. Let's have some differences between dynamite and um collision. And now in terms of the in-ring content, I, I didn't have anything um any grudges except for the beginning CM Punk monologue. Everybody knew he was gonna be coming out to introduce the show. I think everybody expected him to be the first guy out there, and his his promo to me just kind of didn't make sense it to, it kind of felt like um they just said hey you have 10 minutes to air any grievances you have and then after that we're done with this and we're moving on and and he just said whatever came to his mind and a lot of it didn't make sense to me it was just really sporadic it, it kind of seemed like it wasn't re- like he or like it was rehearsed and he just didn't hit it the way that he wanted to go by i, th- I think the the Cheap little jabs at the Young Bucks were uncalled for, unnecessary, but I understand where CM Punk is coming from, I guess. Um, with that being said, I think AEW collision is going to be a major success for AEW here in the future. Um, it hit 816,000, um, an average viewership, on a Saturday. With college baseball World Series going on and a bunch of other things on Saturday, Saturday is a pretty busy night for for television, especially at the eight o'clock prime time hour. Um, and so to hit eight hundred and sixteen, I think that's a good that's a good mark of where the show can start and where and hopefully they can improve upon that. Um, other than CM Punk, there was just a bunch of returning people. So the first episode of a show, I, I think for them to get that number, I think there's definitely a number they can improve on. And it, and it's not much less than where uh, Dynamite has frankly been getting the last couple of of uh, weeks. Um, so I think in terms of ratings, all is well with AEW, but I don't think ratings matter to that much to Warner Brothers and Discover. Um, discover Warner Brothers Discovery, uh, network, and this is why, because I think it was Monday or Tuesday this week. It was announced that WBD, um, are developing on their own dime with their their um, video game team, an arcade mobile game for AEW. Um, it's going to be an arcade form, kind of like uh video video game where you can play on your phone and this this isn't made by Yuke's and distributed by aew on aew's dime this is on warner brother discovery's dime with their team and, and everything it has me thinking that aew is in good graces with Warner Brothers Discovery. But let's take about how this re- relationship started. So, Tony Khan originally gets Dynamite on Wednesdays, and that's the only show they had. And then they have some pretty decent success through the beginning of the show. Cody Rhodes is still in AEW at this time, and he gets his own um, reality show, reality TV show, every week, a weekly show. Well, obviously, when Cody leaves, that gets pulled off the table. And that's not AEW's fault. Cody decided to leave well after that they get rampage and rampages I've always felt like Rampage is at a, a really bad slot Friday night at 10 o'clock I feel like if if you don't want to compete with smackdown I, I, that's completely understandable but I feel like AEW needs to change rampages time from Friday at 10 to Friday at 7 right so they started with dynamite They get Cody's uh, reality show. That gets pulled when Cody leaves. Then they get Rampage. And then they get AEW All Access, which has now been moved to Max, um, the subscription service. They then get a uh, a third weekly episodic wrestling show, a two-hour slot on a Saturday. And now Warner Brothers is paying for a mobile video game and you want to tell me that Warner Brothers is not okay with the ratings, not okay with viewership, not okay with all this and all that. I don't think Warner Brothers cares so much about live attendance and and merch and buy rates and such and well maybe buy rates a little bit because they own BR and and they're you know they're having all of this distributed on their on their streaming platforms but The company would not invest five hours of weekly television, pay-per-view after pay-per-view after pay-per-view, and invest building a mobile video game. That takes a lot of money to build a video game if you were not in good graces with the company. And so I think all of these people, I think it was Vince Russo a couple weeks ago that came out and said that he believes that Tony Khan is funding collision and there's, there's no sponsorship dollars. I don't believe that. I, I really don't believe that. Uh, consistently in the top five, the to top 10, and um, the demographics that ad uh, advertising companies look for when wanting to... Put advertisements on the show they are that that demographic they're always in the top five to top ten every single week on dynamite with that and i think the the sponsorship dollars are coming in you get these buy rates you get um you're going to get the money from this video game and aew fight forever which comes out next week a week from today um so i think warner brothers discovery is perfectly okay with where AEW is at this point, and its and um, its tenure with with the partnership there, and, and I think people have these false assumptions of like where Warner Brothers wants AEW to be, like they think that they're going to hit WCW Nitro numbers in their prime. That's just not the way it works, um, especially in the realm of uh, TV ratings and cable ratings. Cable's dying out eventually. Like that's why I say like ratings at this point don't even matter. And I've kind of held that position pretty strong for the last several years now. Ratings don't really matter. Take a look at overall. Um, buy rates for pay-per-views take a look at live shows take a look at how much the comp- the company meaning Warner Brothers Discovery is willing to invest in AEW and you can tell it's one of it's one of Warner's top shows on television every single week and so they've they've given a lot for that show and therefore I'm holding to the belief that Warner Brothers is in good graces with aew with tony khan and that when the when the contract is up they're probably going to renew that contract and we'll be seeing aew on warner brothers tv or streaming services really soon they haven't announced what all ends going to be done i don't know if it's going to be on bleacher report or if it'll be on max or if it even will be broadcasted here in the states but with with all Access, AEW All Access, being pushed on Max, the subscription service, pretty soon I'm under the assumption that that's where everything's, like you're going to be able to watch previous episodes of AE, I mean AEW Weekly Shows on Max, and probably in the future, BR Live goes, goes away with AEW, and they'll be putting the pay-per-views um, on a subscription service basis where you can watch it you subscribe to Max 999 and which is the the I think the lowest price I have 99 a month. And you can get AEW pay-per-views that way. I think they see what WWE is doing with the Peacock situation and their streaming and, and numbers there. And I promise you, Max has a lot of subscribers that will I mean maybe you get some people to tune in that don't watch the weekly show because they're Game of Thrones fans or they're. You know, they they have Max and they're just scrolling through on a Sunday. Who knows what happens? Um, And I think putting it on Max, the pay-per-views, not only saves the fans money, but you can introduce a larger audience to AEW content, which could, in turn, grow the fan base. Now, speaking of AEW's fan base, let's transition there real quick. This is something that I've kind of... Held in my head. I've heard a lot of people talk about. Well, AEW isn't really hitting the casual fans, and so I just want to. I also, I want to put it out on the record. My thoughts on on AEW and their attempt at casual fan of, of gathering the the casual fan. I don't think they give a shit about the casual fan. My my belief, and and this is why I think Tony Khan runs his wrestling shows. The way that he does is that Tony Khan treats the wrestling show as if it is an independent show on television every week. That is my belief. Um and I could be wrong with that. I, I, I'll, I'll admit, I could be wrong. Maybe Tony Khan's just colossally fucking up getting the 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 casual fan to watch but in my opinion he's trying to get the hardcore fans because he himself was a hardcore fan growing up and he doesn't care about what the casual fan wants he's going to put the dream matches on because that's Tony Khan and that's what Tony Khan wants to put on the show if you can get I think if people can understand that Tony Khan looks at wrestling as if the story is told in the ring and so dream match even if it's a dream match and no prior history to the match, you can still tell a story within the match itself. He's kind of branched out in terms of where the um, the sports entertainment, I guess, for the lack of better term, um, has is coming in. He's he's opening up more storylines that that are more going towards maybe a more WWE type style of wrestling, but. And we'll and we'll get to this actually later. The last segment I want to talk about. But I think there's there's two different styles of wrestling, and Tony Khan's leaning towards the style of wrestling that the hardcore fans want, because that's who he's interested in getting. The he, he's and this is this is what people fail to understand: is there's no point this early in a company's run. On reaching casual fans who will maybe never return in terms of dedication, when you need to build your firm base, and so um think about it this way: if 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 it was in terms of like a restaurant, right? So you get a restaurant that opens up and you know and is trying to compete against some like hold that's had you know some national chain that that has had major success around the around the country and now you're here and you're you're finally opening up shop and you're you have to compete against this company with a reputation that is very favorable but has kind of been waning in the end and now you got to go in you got to build your own base you know You shouldn't try and steal their fans right away. You shouldn't try to steal the casuals from WWE, for instance, in this case, right away. You need to build your own base of dedication. And so that takes a while sometimes to build that base of dedicated fans who will, right? So I think AEW at this point has found that base. And this is why you see Tony Khan taking the steps that he's taking now to build more sports entertainment-esque like storylines, now he can hit the casuals. There's been people on TikTok that I that I've seen that haven't really paid much attention to AEW, and now they're weekly watchers just because they they you know tuned in one week and they actually saw for themselves that AEW is a pretty decent product. I'm not going to say it's perfect. I'm not going to say it's um, the best. That's that's the good thing about pro wrestling is that it depends on what you want. If you want the style of wrestling that WWE puts out, then you can watch WWE and enjoy WWE, and that's all good. And vice versa, if you prefer AEW or New Japan style wrestling, the options there are available. And so I want to put that out there that I don't think Tony Khan really gives a shit about the casual fans or has it in the past. And I think that's something that he'll have to get to eventually. You can't run a business without reaching new and you know, expanding your market and expanding expanding your base to a more casual like fan. But there's no point in expanding the market that wide if you haven't solidified your base. And so I think we're at the point now a couple of years into it that they have solidified the base of AEW fans. And maybe now's the time for AEW to expand wider and kind of reach a more casual fan. Mindset. Um, and with that being said, let's talk a little bit about WWE. I said I was going to mention a little bit about WWE and NXT. I don't watch it a lot. I'm gonna be honest. I am of the fa- of the fandom that is more prone to the New Japan AEW ROH style. Um, of excuse me. I I tend to draw more to the story needs to be told more so in the ring than in some sort of like, uh, soap opera down the line. I hate soap operas and I hate wrestling. That is essentially days of our lives, uh, but in a wrestling ring, I, 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 I'm not a big fan. I, I, when, when Rusev or Miro was in WWE and him and Lana and he, Always went through these love triangle storyline. I hated that. I hated. The, I hate those type of stories. I think, in terms of like the bloodline, the last couple of weeks of the bloodline and and lightning might hit me with this. I don't. I don't watch the show weekly live, but I do catch the YouTube clips. The last few weeks, the bloodline storyline. Maybe this is because it's coming towards the end, and now we're down down off the climax and coming towards the end of the story. But the last couple of weeks from what I've seen have been pretty entertaining, but the story itself is drawn out. This didn't have to take three years. This didn't have to take as long as they're pushing the story out. This could have ended at WrestleMania, like I've been saying, and you could have introduced Cody Rhodes as this big baby face with all the momentum and the championship, you wouldn't have had to create a third title, the title that Seth Rollins has now, because you could have turned around right after Cody wins the Monday after and have him split the belts right then and there. And the universal championship is not the title Cody wants. So now that title's up for for grabs. And if you wanted to change the designs of the belt, then go right ahead. I don't care about the designs. I think the designs of the belt are perfectly fine. It's just the... The um, the purpose of this new belt is to say, hey, Roman's going to hold this belt for quite a while. We need to have a champion that's willing to fight, and I that's where I disagree with it. So, in terms of storyline, like WWE has been doing decently well. Um, I don't watch everything, but you know, I watch what I can, and, and from what I can tell, they're doing pretty well. And NXT, they have a couple a couple people in NXT, from what I can tell, that. I think have a very bright future. NXT's women's division is pretty loaded. I love Cora Jade. I love Roxanne Perez. I think Thea Hale can be fairly decent and has a really good potential. She reminds me a lot of Julia Hart, but she's I think more entertaining than Julia Hart was as like that pompous cheerleading babyface. Julia Hart really found herself when she turned heel. Um, Thea Hale is really good as a babyface at this point. And I wonder how good she'll be as a heel. She reminds me a little bit of Alexa Bliss as well when she started out in NXT. Um, and so I think their women's division's pretty decent. I think they called up the wrong people when they did. Why Zoe Stark got called up over like a Cora Jade makes absolutely no sense to me. Um Zoe Stark is I'm gonna just be honest, she sucks. Um, I don't like her at all. She has no charisma. She can't cut a promo. She doesn't work well in the ring, in my opinion. Um, I'm not a big fan of Zoe Stark. But NXT has a pretty decent good roster. I like Carmelo Hayes. Braun Breaker's done some pretty good stuff as a heel uh, the last couple of months. And so I think WWE's really running on pretty good on off cylinders uh, from what I can tell the last couple of months. But the, but I'm not, enter, I'm, I guess I would be a casual WWE fan and I'm not entertained in a lot of the storylines. You know, I, I'm not a hardcore fan for a lot of what they're going through because my, my belief is the story needs to be told primarily in the ring. And that's what AEW provides. But like, I just complimented the fuck out of WWE and NXT. So if anybody says that I'm an AEW homer, like, Point them to to this video because, like, like I complimented the fuck out of them. Um, I think they have a really good women's division in NXT. And the future's bright because you're, you're going to see people like Charlotte take a backseat. Becky's getting up in age, and now she's a mother. And so does she have long left in her career? Bailey, I mean, Sasha's gone. So you're going to have to bring this new generation of women's talent up really soon. And they, they have a bright future, I think, for WWE's women's division. Um, so, so yeah, but then, oh my goodness, let's get, let's get to Seth Rollins real quick. Um, I'll talk about Seth Rollins and then one final thing and then I'll, and then I'll end it off here. Um, Seth Rollins is the best worker, the best wrestler in the world right now. I'm going to just go ahead and say that right now. That's my opinion. Seth Rollins is the best wrestler in the world right now. And any company he makes everything he, everything he touches right now is gold. I, Seth Rollins is my favorite guy. Like, And I'm an AEW fanatic more so than an a, a WWE guy. But I, Seth Rollins' work is great. I watch everything Seth Rollins does. The, the way that he's able to transition from one character to the next, almost flawlessly, seamlessly, as if it's the same character with different traits. It's just beautiful. I watched his match with Braun Breaker on NXT this week. And he can work with anybody and make anybody look good and make himself look even better in the process. This feud going on with Finn Balor. Well, I'm not a big fan of the Judgment Day. I think it's going to be a great match, Money in the Bank, for the belt. Um, and 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 they're telling a pretty decent story there. I like the way that Finn has a lot of massive heat going into this match. Um, you know, he's going to be the home, basically home field advantage with the match being in England and he's supposed to be the heel. I wonder if he gets booed out of his own, you know, European uh, people there. Um, And Seth is going, you know, the stuff with the, with people singing his song and, and the funeral that Finn Balor, that promo, like you're going to be singing it at his funeral. Just, just beautiful. Chef's kiss. I like Finn Balor a lot too. Not the whole judgment day, but Finn Balor personally himself, he's a good wrestler there. So I just think Seth Rollins, is the best wrestler in the world right now. And I have a theory and and then and I'm not often theory, but I have a theory that um, I want to expound upon. And then I'll end the show that way. And this is, this is my thought. So, like I said, there's two different styles of wrestling. There's the sports entertainment, WWE style of pro wrestling, where it's a mixture of mic skills. You have to be really good on the mic. You have to have like essentially become an actor and be pretty decent in the ring to be successful in WWE. And so you see someone like Antonio Cesaro, which is Claudio Castagnoli and um, AEW ROH. He, he doesn't really have the charisma, the mic skills to be a WWE wrestler. And so he failed in that term. In that sense, He's, he was always taking a backseat to other guys who had more charisma, was able to talk. You think about his time with uh, uh, Jack Swagger, Jake Hager, um, and then his time with Seamus, um, what, what they call the, the, oh, I can't remember what they were called. I remember, uh, they weren't the brawling brutes at Sheamus's group now, but the bar, um, that was a pretty good tag team, but Seamus was the guy doing a lot of the promos, but Cesaro works in the AEW ROH new Japan style where you can just beat the fuck out of somebody. You don't really have to talk or have a lot of charisma, but if you work good in the ring, Um, you can still be over. And and Seth Rollins, and my my theory is, the people that can do both become the best wrestlers in the industry. And so Seth Rollins, where did he start from? He started in the indies, went to ROH, came to WWE NXT through that system, came to NXT, was the first ever NXT champion, and moves up with the Shield, makes his debut, and the rest is history. But he started on the independent scene. And the thing about the independent scene is you have to be able to promote yourself yourself you don't have a multinational global corporation being able to promote yourself and so you might be working in four or five different cities every week you have and different promotions and now you have to promote yourself in a certain style to to attract the audience to you and so Seth Rollins is able to do that he has really good mic skills but also on the independent scene, if you don't have good in-ring work, you're not going to be go- you know, good, in my opinion. like You're not going to make it in the independent scene if your in-ring work is just mid, right? So Seth Rollins, he has above-average in-ring work, above-average mic skills because he's able to do all of this, and then he's been able to transition into the WWE style and use all- what he learned on the independent scene and it makes him the best in the world because he's able to take a character and go with it. He's good in the ring, but he's a good—he's good at at acting out this character and making it believe like it's his own personality and his own his own persona. The, you have people that are good at one or the other. Like I said, Cesaro, John Moxley, um, I'd say Brian Danielson for the most part. Um, They're really good in the ROH AEW style. For the most part, they had splashes of greatness in WWE. But the height of their work was in the ROH style, the ROH AEW brands. And maybe not so much the WWE part of their career because they're really good in the ring. They're technical wrestlers. They can tell a story with the match. But their promo abilities... You know, like Brian Danielson, he's really good on the mic, but a lot of what you see with Brian Danielson is his in-ring work out, outperforms his mic, mic skills a lot of the time. Um, and so some people don't succeed in the WWE style, someone like a Cesaro or a Moxley or a Jake Hager, because they just don't have that it factor to be the actor sports entertainer that wwe is looking for and then you have people that basically are prototypes of what the wwe just pushes out of its performance center factory someone like a roman reigns i think roman reigns is a mid wrestler he's mid on the mic but he's he's just born to be an actor he's he's just been developed to be an actor he can tell a story with his facial expressions and so he's good on the WWE style but and and this might be a hot take you can you can say this or not if roman reigns ever left WWE i don't think he ever does but if let's say he does and he went to AEW i think he would flop in AEW cuz he's mid on the mic you put roman reigns without a script in his in his you know feet, lines up against MG Roman Reigns dies when he has to come up with his own promos. Roman Reigns dies when his in-ring work has to speak volumes about a story because he's Roman Reigns is mid in in-ring. And then you like you have someone like Orange Cassidy on the flip side. I think Orange Cassidy his gimmick flops in WWE because whereas his in-ring work tells the story and he's very charismatic but that type of of gimmick doesn't go far the comedy gimmick doesn't go far in WWE he'll be he if orange like orange Cassidy has been a big piece of AEW for the the greater part of the last year or so like he's international champion he's winning he's successfully defended the title like 21, 22 times, the international champions, one of AEW's biggest titles, he wouldn't have that opportunity with that gimmick in WWE. It's only because Tony Khan really appreciates the work that he does in ring. and And a lot of the stuff that he does is just kind of off a whim. Like there's no storyline behind it to push it. There's no story. It's just like, you you want to fight me? Okay, meet me next week. And then the match happens. That he's so successful in AEW, but I had a feeling if Orange Cassidy was in WWE, that gimmick wouldn't be as successful. Because one, because WWE wouldn't allow it to be as successful as it is, but two, because that it's just not in the WWE style, you know, portfolio. For someone that looks like Orange Cassidy, kind of scrawny, not super athletic um, looking, not super jacked, to be in that position where he is. You know, someone like Gunther, you know, is what WWE's looking for in their type of performer. But it's the people like Seth Rollins, um, who else? Who else? Chris Jericho, um, that I would say transcend each style and fit wherever they go because they can they've been on the indies they've traveled the world they've done both styles of wrestling and they can take what they've learned from both mix it in their repertoire and just become a an overall great wrestler um let's take it further i think the young bucks i think kenny omega They would flop in WWE. They would flop in WWE. Like, I really believe that. Like, they fit really well in the New Japan style. They fit really well in the AEW ROH style. But I think they would flop in the WWE. I think that's why they haven't gone over there yet. Because they know, like, they're not actors. You know, they... They haven't done a lot of scripted stuff. A lot of their, you know, things are just, like, off the cuff. Or, you know, if it's, if it's scripted or planned out, it's, like, there's a lot of ad-libbing going on. That's not really allowed in the WWE. Like, if you don't follow the script to a T, like, you know, Vince doesn't enjoy, appreciate that. And I don't know how Hunter does it. Um, but, yeah, so my, my feeling is Seth Rollins is the greatest in the world because he's able to take what he's learned in WWE and what he's taken in the independent, ROH, AEW styles, the two styles. People think they, like, mash up against each other and conflict. Like, you can mix them together and just create the best wrestler in the world, which is Seth Rollins. But my my, um, my fear is that WWE is producing prototypes of types of wrestlers that they want and are just training these these people who have no wrestling experience to be the wrestler that fits their program and when they when they, when it flops and they get fired from WWE and they try to go to AEW or they try to go to impact wrestling or they try to go to new Japan. It doesn't work there either because they, all they've learned is the WWE style and they're, you know, like Parker Boudreaux, he flopped in NXT But he didn't have formal wrestling training. He learned the WWE style. So he goes to NXT and he flops there too because he sucks at wrestling. He's he's not charismatic, you know. So Parker Boudreaux doesn't work anywhere he goes. And so you're going to have a lot of these people that are going to give up a lot of time to try and work and get to professional wrestling and and they're gonna go through the, the NXT and the WWE Performance Center, and, and it's not gonna cut out for them. You know, eventually WWE cuts the people that it that just don't work out. And if it doesn't work out there and you've just been programmed the whole time to do wrestling the way that WWE wants you to do wrestling in that sports entertainment mindset, and then you try to go to a company that's not so much focused on sports entertainment as it is in-ring product and your in-ring works, it's not really good, it's mid at best. You're going to have a, tr- a hard time finding a place that fits you. That's my fear for Charlotte Flair. If Charlotte ever left WWE, I don't think she'd find a wrestling company where she'd succeed. Because, like, let's just be honest, she's an okay on the mic and she's okay in the ring. But Charlotte's appeal is that she's Ric Flair's daughter. She's a prototype of the WWE style. I have no. I have no. Uh, uh, no concerns. That if Becky Lynch ever left the WWE. That she could go to AEW. Or Impact. Or or any other wrestling promotion. And just kick ass. Concerns about Charlotte. I'd have concerns about. Like Bianca Belair. Or Thea Hale. Or. or some of these wrestlers that have just been – that when you go to their Wikipedia page and it says who trained them and it's and it's like WWE Performance Center, I have my concerns about them going to an, uh, a promotion outside of WWE and succeeding long-term. But let me know what you think. Like I said, comment to join the conversation. Subscribe to the channel. Um, these are just some thoughts that I have here. Real quickly, I want to uh, – this Sunday is AEW forbidden door. Their uh, partnership with new Japan pro wrestling. It's a pretty, uh, pretty deep card. I want to see some of the matches that have been announced and, uh, give a quick, a quick opinion. Athena versus Billy Starks for the women's Owen harp tournament. First round match. I hope Billy Starks wins this, um, I love Billy Starks. She's just really entertaining and she's like 18. So she has a lot of potential. She's a little green, but really, you know, for her age, she's really pretty advanced for, for a, a wrestler of her, her caliber of her age. Uh, Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay for the IWGP us heavyweight championship. This is going to be a hell of a match. I expect Omega to get screwed over somehow. Um, and either retain from disqualification or straight-up lose this match. We have Brian Danielson calling up the Rainmaker, Kujishka Okada. This is a hard thing because part of me is like, oh, AEW's going to win every match. I think this match could be like Okada gets the best of Brian Danielson um, because he's not going to have any of his guys to help him, and so I think um, Okada wins this match over Danielson. Sonata versus Jungle Boy Sonata himself and I don't know if this was in character or not said he was expecting someone, you know, better than Jungle Boy. He doesn't really know who Jungle Boy is. That doesn't look good. Um I think Sonata wins. I think this was just a spot where they wanted to put the IWGP World Heavyweight title on the on the card but they had other plans in terms of storyline for some of their other guys and so they put Jungle Boy here because His storyline at this point is he's going to win a title. I don't expect him to win. I think Sonata retains that belt. MJF is going to put the AEW World title on the line against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Same thing. I don't think the the New Japan guy is going to win an AEW belt. So I think MJF retains. But it's going to be an interesting match. And it's going to be one of those things where MJF, MJF is going to have to cheat to win again, I think. Or he gets caught cheating. Maybe maybe it ends in DQ and he retains, because you know champion can champion's advantage. You can't lose the boat by disqualification. Who knows? We'll see how that goes there. But I think MJF at any point retains the title. We have Les Suzuki Gods, which is Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki versus Sting, Darby Allen, and a partner of their choice, which will be announced on Saturday. At Collision, I think that's just their th- uh, their way of st- of trying to get people to tune into to Collision on Saturday. I don't know who's going to be the 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 third guy for this for this team. My because Suzuki's in the match, I'm assuming it's going to be someone of New Japan stature. I really don't know who it's going to be. But I expect Sting, Darby, and the team that and the third guy to beat Jericho, Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki. But it's going to be a good match. I think all of these matches are going to be great. We have a ten-man tag team match between the BCC, the Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley, Wheeler Yuta, Claudio Castagnoli, Shota Yumino, and Kinosuke Tukeshka versus the Elite, consisting of Hangman Adam Page, Matt, and Nick Jackson. Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii, uh, Ishii, um, going to be just a barn burner of a match. Expect a lot of blood. I think the Elite ends up winning this this match, though. Um, Punk fights Shatoshi Kojima in a Men's Owen Hart Tournament first round match. I think Punk wins this, um, and I think Punk ends up winning the whole tournament um, as his consolation prize for coming back and and saying you're not going to be the champion mjf is going to hold the belt um and it's going to be that thing where it pushes punk to either at all in or at all out the week after all in he's going to get a a title shot with mjf um orange Cassidy fights Sax haber jr kashiori shiabata And Daniel Garcia in a four-way match for the AEW International Championship. Again, like I said, they put Orange Cassidy in these great matches. This is going to be another great match. I expect another retain. Orange Cassidy will retain. Um, That's just part of the gimmick right now. Like, he's just beaten and battered, but somehow gets to win. I expect them to continue that. Tony Storm's putting up the AEW Women's World Championship against Willow Nightingale. This is a weird match. My belief is that this was the the match reserved for Mercedes Monet. Had she had won against Willow and not injured herself, um, but Willow gets the win, and so ultimately gets this match um, to, to display both women champions. I think Tony gets to win overall, though. A match that has been announced. Um, on the recording of AEW Rampage, which will debut on Friday, uh, Adam Cole is going to have a singles match against Tom Lawler. That's going to be a fun match. I love Tom Lawler. I think he is the guy that used to be a professional or a retired mixed martial, yeah, mixed martial artist, former MLW World Champion, wrestles for New Japan. He was the inaugural Strong Openweight Championship Um kick-ass guy. He has a, a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, and so yeah, that's going to be a good match there as well. Forbidden Door, I expect more matches, a couple more matches maybe to be announced maybe on the pre-show. 8 p.m. start time this Sunday. You can buy it at BR Live, Bleacher Report Live. Um, and it's also going to be on um, uh, select movie theaters throughout the country. Check your local theater and see maybe you can buy it, uh, watch it there in the theater. That's how I'm going to watch it because it's cheaper than buying the pay-per-view. It's $25 for a ticket at the AMC in my area compared to $50 to buy the whole pay-per-view itself. Um, With that being said, I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about some things, wrestling opinion that's been on my mind here the last little bit. I hope you enjoyed watching this, Um, and I appreciate you taking some time to watch this show. With that being said, this has been another episode of The Junkyard.